Hey, welcome to the Street Shots Photography Podcast with the Switch to Manual guys. I'm Antonio. And I'm Tom. Hey, Tom. How are you doing? Doing good, Antonio. You know, now this is... Oh. It's been a little while. It has been a little while. This is our 41st episode. We're on our way to 50. I, I promised in the, uh, my last episode, the last episode with... Jim Goldstein in our 40th, uh, 50th episode, we'd have a bash. So I hope you don't mind. <laughs> no, that's fine. That's a great idea. Yeah. So I thought we'd start the show uh, to um, plead to the audience <laughs> about something, but we'd like uh, we'd like you guys to see if you could help support the show a little bit. Um, we've put a PayPal button both on our show page and our our Podbean page, uh, PayPal button. So um, as Tom likes to say, if you could click on that button and send us some chump change, it would be a great way to help support our show and keep us, uh, you know, producing podcasts for you guys. So send us some chump change. And I was going to say, yeah, this is like our public uh, radio pitch. You know, think about all the little tips that you've learned and the cost of a cup of coffee or that new Cadillac and just think of what, you know, the show has been worth to you and throw us a little something. Yeah, that'd be great. It would definitely help us support uh, the hosting and uh, the, the web pages and stuff we put up. So that would be great. The, another way you could support our show. And I thought, I thought this was cool is that you can have your portfolio reviewed by us. So, you know, if you go to our website, uh, switch to slash portfolio dash reviews, you can find us uh, wanting to review our portfolios. We have four tiers. One is free for if you want to test, but the other three are paid. And basically, you send us some of your pictures, and either Tom and I or both of us look at the pictures and send you back some great feedback. So that's another way to support our show. Use our services. Uh, let us review your portfolio. So give us a try if you can. Yeah, it's fun. Get some feedback, have another set of eyes, look at your images and get some uh, constructive ideas. And, you know, we've gotten good feedback so far on the ones that we've done. So give it a thought. Yeah. And leading into that, remember, we had our mashup episode a couple of uh, shows ago with Sid and Mac of the uh, Shutter Time podcast. And uh, I think the previous episode to that, Mac, I actually did a portfolio review for Mac. And yeah. he sent me, oh my gosh, I think he sent me 15 pictures. So he went with the, you know, the premiere version of our, of our, uh, portfolio review. And, uh, he gave us a really good review on the show. Both him and, uh, Sid and Mac, uh, talked about us, uh, which I was really excited to hear. And, uh, thank you guys. And thanks Mac for, uh, giving us a try. And I think we might put some of that stuff up, uh, at least the, uh, testimonials on their website. So you can see what, uh. Mac had to say, and I'll put a link to that show in the uh, show notes so you can hear what Mac said. And Sid, we're still waiting for your portfolio. You said you wanted to send us something. And, <laughs> you know, she's got all these, uh, she's got, I don't know if she's going to send us her wildlife stuff or her landscape stuff, but uh, yeah, we're ready to go. We're ready to, you know, give you some really good constructive criticism. <laughs> so. Yeah, hopefully the wildlife stuff. I'd love to see that. Yeah. And that was a fun show, the the mashup. That was our first one that we did. and. Uh, we talked about portfolios and uh, whether or not they were worth uh, making. And I had a good time. I, how, how about you? Yeah. Yeah. No, I had a lot of fun. 
Yeah, to to get together with our Canadian cousins as they are. Yeah, we love those guys. Yeah. So check out that episode. If you haven't heard it, we did a mashup with Sid and Mac. And basically, we each put out, it's the same episode. So if you go to their site and listen to it, it's the same episode for us. And we decided to make it one giant episode. Uh, and we'll, you know, we'll get some feedback, but I think we want to do that again with different subjects. So let us know how you guys liked that show. The Sid and Mac, I love their podcast. I love the conversations they have. They are going to be really great friends. And uh, I really get engaged in listening to their show. So uh, I want to recommend them to you guys too. So go out and uh, listen to Shutter Time with Sid and Mac. And it's a little addictive. That's the only downside. <laughs> it's, it's addictive. I, I listen to it when I'm uh, actually, when I'm doing some work on, uh, I have some remote work that I do on my computer. And so I listen to the podcast while I'm, while I'm sitting here reviewing videos. Um, but uh, Hey, so you've been in school lately. Yeah. Uh huh. I've yeah. been busy. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry you missed the uh our the last episode, our fortieth, which we didn't make a big deal about because you weren't there, but uh, you know, the interview with Jim Goldstein turned out to be really cool. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm sorry I missed it. I yeah, it was crunch time in the PhD program, but Doctor Tom? <laughs> yep. Can I call you doctor? Can I call you doctor now? <laughs> <laughs> not yet. Not, not yet. yet. Not yet, no. I'll tell you as soon as you can. All right. All right. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, Jim and I talked about, um, his transition to film, uh, an experimental transition to film and his astrophotography. And I, I thought you should maybe think about picking up his ebook because where you are, you must be able to get some good astrophotography. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's some amazing light conditions out here and you really see the sky. Yeah. I mean, I'm not too far um, from Phoenix, but even still, um, it's pretty dramatic. And in a few hours, in almost any direction, and it just gets spectacular. Yeah, the the pictures that Jim has on his site are just unbelievable. They're just almost otherworldly, and uh, he's very excited to talk about that his technique. And uh, you know, it requires a little bit of Photoshop and stuff like that. But uh, I suggested to Jim. Uh, I was saying to Jim that you would probably love to do that. And uh, it's not that hard. It's actually not that hard. It just requires, you know, some sticking around and doing some exposures and stuff like that. But uh, I talked about the one time I did some astrophotography when I was in Jamaica and was really excited mm. by that. So he, it was basically also being surprised by things, you know, because um, uh-huh. it's one of the few things that you can do and you like, you don't know what's going to happen. You know, what's going to happen in the sky. So, but the, the, his pictures are really, really beautiful, and you can go to his site. Uh, I have links from the show notes from last time, so I won't, I won't put them in this, but uh, Jim Goldstein's site, uh, his astrophotography is definitely worth uh, definitely worth getting. I mean, he sells his prints, and if I had money, I'd be buying his prints as well. And so, uh, they, Speaking of buying prints. Yeah, what? Well, I think someday your prints to... will come. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you've got the idea for our topic today yeah 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 i mean i was going to say we're going to be making some prints available on our site but you you can explain that at the end but yeah yeah for today you know i've been noticing cuba is in the news and um that's you know a, that's my heritage by the way I'm, oh that's right yeah, yeah, yeah. it's so cool yeah. so you know i i was in cuba a couple of years ago and i've just been really mindful of all the images that are 
coming from Cuba, images in the news, and and I was just thinking, wow, you know, I I should really take the time to get my images out there so that as people are searching for images of Cuba for magazine articles and advertisement and whatever, you know, my images would be considered. And so I thought, I know Antonio knows about this sort of thing. So how does one go about doing that, Tony? <laughs> go back way back in time <laughs> and, and start selling your pictures. Yeah, I do know about it because I've been involved in stock photography for, gee, since I was in college. I started working at a stock photography agency. And so for the main bulk of my life, I was selling pictures through a company called the Image Bank. And then Image Bank was eventually purchased by Getty. And Getty is uh, a large stock agency, one of the largest stock agencies in the world. And in, And if anybody doesn't know what stock photography is, basically it's... You're not really selling your pictures, but you're leasing your pictures for people to use for advertisements, for postcards, you know, for whatever kind of use someone needs a photograph for. And they're going to pay you based on the usage of the picture or they'll pay you based on the use of the picture and how big the picture is going to be used. Those are the two criteria generally um, for paying the picture. And the idea with stock photography is you can sell the same picture over and over and over again. So you have a really good shot, perhaps, Tommy, you have a really incredible shot of Cuba, then people who are coming to write articles about Cuba would say, I need this shot of this, you know, hotel in Cuba. And Tommy, you've got this shot. And, you know, this magazine might use it and that magazine might use it and, you know, someone else might use it. And you can and you can resell. I mean, they would call it selling the pictures. It really is licensing the pictures. But you can relicense the pictures over and over again and, you know, make some chump change, hopefully, from them. From uh -huh. those from those sales, and I used to do it with film. And when it was film, when stock photography was film based, it was very much exclusive, in the, in a way to photographers who were generally doing it for a living. And as we transitioned from film to digital, the market has opened up for pretty much anybody who can take a picture and submit it to a stock agency can now uh, try to sell that picture, um, which has essentially put me out of business in some way <laughs> because. The market uh -huh. is flooded with, you know, not just photo uh, professional photographers, but amateurs and, you know, anybody. Anybody can now take a picture of something and try to license it. And, you know, that's a good thing in some way. Uh-huh. Uh but now we were talking before the show started about if you have a shot of someone, you need to have a model release. And a lot of people, I would imagine, are not getting people to well, sign releases. Yeah, so. we're jumping ahead a little bit. Um, okay. let's get, let's get to that for a second. First, let's, let's talk about sort of the, the venues of, of selling your picture. Cause not every picture has a picture of a person. in, So that's a very specific thing. But for instance, you've got a bunch of pictures of Cuba and you want to figure out where can you, you know, license yeah. them, you know, and um, there's a bunch of different ideas for that. And you can find one of the established agencies. There's a ton of them. Uh, generally, a lot of them are owned by Getty, but Getty Images is one of them. There's iStock, which is also owned by Getty. There's Shutterstock, which is its own stock agency. There's Tetra. Uh, these are some of the ones I work with, so that's why I know them. There's, um, there's one called Alamy, which is a stock agency that you, you kind of are your own agent. So you're, you're not really working for someone, although you use their site and you have to pay them. Oh, the idea with these agencies is that you're doing it, you're going to a partnership with them. So 
you may license a picture, but the agency is going to take some kind of cut. So if you sell a picture for a hundred dollars, they might take, you know, let's say between forty and sixty percent, depending on the kind of contract that you sign with them. So oh. you're not going to get a hundred dollars. You're going to get, you know, some percentage of that. Um, right. Do but, they tend to have standard contracts that most people are signing up with the same terms? They do sometimes those depending on how your relationship is with the agencies the the contracts can be changed a little bit but most of them are pretty much standard uh everybody okay. signs with the same thing you know i know sort of the inner workings of it and sometimes people get a little bit better deal but that's depending on circumstances but generally you're everybody's doing the same thing sometimes you're only getting 30 percent or 20 percent. you know it's you know, they're taking a big chunk of it so the idea with stock photography is that you're also not trying to just sell one or two pictures sorry i keep saying sell when i say sell think of license uh, yeah all uh, right just because it's i it's easier for me to say but you tend to want to work in volume so you know if you have one picture that you thought oh man this would be great to sell stock agency is generally not going to be the place to put it because then it get lost in the sea of you know everybody submitting these places got millions of pictures and one picture unless it's the picture of the alien that landed in the White House lawn. <laughs> you're right, and you're the only one who got it. I've Maybe. been wondering what to do with that one. Yeah, I, don't you? You live near Area 51, right? Be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if it's a unique picture, maybe the one shot would be worth it. But most of the time, it's not. You, you tend to have to work in volume. You know, a lot of people do this for a living. So there's, you know, your one is competing with a lot of people who are putting lots of pictures up there. So you want your sort of picture to come out in the crowd so you want to or you want to your name to come out in the crowd a lot so you want to have as many pictures as you can so you're trying to find um you know sometimes multiple places to submit pictures you talk about a contract a lot of places will let you submit to other agencies as long as it doesn't conflict with their own agency uh -huh. and some places are only exclusive so if they accept a picture then you can only market it through them so if you had that Cuba picture and you submitted to Getty, they might say, well, that's great, and we'll do our best to market it, but you can't take it to another agency and try to market it through them. So these places are all – there's so many of these places, and you really have – I mean, it's, it's beyond the scope of the show, but the, the stock photo agencies are the places where you can go and do that, and basically they're doing a lot of the heavy lifting for you. Uh -huh. Do you have a, a favorite that you tend to you know, go to? Well, I'm with – I'm with Getty, and I've been with Getty for a long time. Like I said, when I was with ImageBank, they bought Getty, so all my pictures sort of got absorbed into Getty. And because I'm not a prolific submitter, my basically I, I, I'm not making as much money with Getty because I don't submit as many pictures to them uh, as I probably should. Um, uh -huh. And Getty is the largest one. I don't, you know, I don't want to say. I want to editorialize too much about them. Uh, I have my opinions about a lot of the stock agencies. So, uh, and a uh, lot of people do. I mean, there are places online where you can go and you can read about the different agencies. So I don't really want to get into like, you know, because I have relationships with these guys. So I don't want to yeah, you know, yeah. say good well, things me, or bad things about them. Right, right. There, let me kind ask of, this. Uh, somebody was telling me that um, you sort of like, I mean, obviously you can't just send any picture and with the thought that they're going to put it up. So there's, they're discriminating, right? To and to a certain extent, 
Yeah, and, yeah. And and how does that process work? I mean, do you, do you send it and they either accept it or don't? Well, yeah, your first thing is to make sure your pictures are well edited. So, you know, you want the pictures to look as good as possible and, you know, they all, every every agency has their standards about like whether they're too noisy or too grainy uh, or there's not enough focus or the subject matter is weird and and you know they look at it and say well I can't sell this but a place like Getty will have a, they're they're kind of curated so you're sending your pictures to people there and the people there are going to be generally editing the pictures and looking at stuff I used to be an editor there so basically we're looking at the pictures and saying, well, I think we can sell this. It's, you know, it fits certain criteria. Technically it's good and subject matter, you know, has some potential. And so we'll put it in the files. Uh Um, And so there is some, there is some curation going on. There are agencies out there and even Getty might have a, a branch of Getty where you can submit pictures and you don't have to have them edited. You know, they still have to fulfill certain criteria, like they want files of a certain size. You know, you can't just submit something necessarily from directly from your iPhone. Right. You know, but you might have to do some work on it in Photoshop to enlarge it and whatever. But there are some places where, you know, you don't have to go through the editing process. Uh, and one of the, I was thinking, I mentioned before, a company called Alamy. And I mean, they have certain technical standards, but you're basically submitting pictures or you're putting pictures in a file with them that you decided, I want to try to sell this picture, you know, but it's always in Uh, everyone's best interest to put the best quality pictures up there because, you know, you want people to buy them. You don't want to put up a bunch of crap. Right. You know? So I always, I always recommend that people go to those sites and, and scope out the kind of pictures. Like basically if you were going to put up your pictures at Cuba, I would go to some of the websites and type in, you know, cause you can, you don't have to register for these sites. You can register, um, you can just do a basic search. And you type in the subject matter of the kind of pictures that you are wanting to submit and they'll, they'll show you the pictures and you can get uh-huh. a sense of what is already there. And uh-huh. so you can then judge your own work compared to what is up at the, at the agency already and whether or not it's worth submitting to them. So, but submitting to stock is one of those things that, you know, if you, if you submit a lot of pictures to them and you have a routine where you send pictures to these agencies or, or whatever, you know, you might start getting checks in the mail, you know, in a few months that you weren't expecting to get. So it's a nice way to try to market your own work. Well, that's what this podcast is all about. (laughs) The one thing I say, don't expect to know where your pictures are selling. There used to be a time when we were, when we were working with film and clients were actually, you know, we did things on telephone, you know, and FedEx the pictures to people that you could actually see how your pictures were being sold, you know? So you might huh. get a sense of, Oh, you might get a magazine cover or something like that. These days with these, with these stock agencies, forget about it. You're never going to know where your pictures are going to sell. Uh, you're basically, you're talking about just making some money from your shots, right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Don't think that you're You, you may get some information. Oh, it's sold to this magazine and you might be able to pick up the magazine or something like that. But generally you're not going to get information. They don't, the, they deal with such volume of sales or licensing that there's no way they could find out from the clients where the, where the pictures are are going and how they're going to sell. A lot of them end up on websites. So, um, huh. you know, there's, there's ways of finding out about how your picture's sold, but you're really just talking about like, you've got a, you've got a selection of work that's sitting in Lightroom, right? That uh-huh. your, your 
sort of curating yourself and you say, you know, this must have some kind of value. And you know what? They, the pictures generally do have some value. There's generally somebody who wants to buy your pictures. They just don't know you have them. So, right. you know, if you got stuff of Cuba sitting on your hard drive, it's not doing anybody any good there, you know? So yeah. you're not going to print a portfolio for yourself and run around trying to get yourself, uh, you know, travel photography jobs by using it. It wouldn't be a bad thing to go out and just find a place to, to upload them to and then have them sit there, you know? Yeah. Because someone's going to look for those shots at some point and, you know, maybe you'll make a few bucks and pay for the next trip to Cuba, you know? That'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, one of the things I do is, you know, I do my most of my work in Lightroom. I think you do too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Lightroom is one of the greatest places to to start creating a stock photo library for yourself so that you can, you know, with collections and stuff like that, you can start to put pictures aside which you think are marketable and then, you know, build up a decent sized portfolio of stuff and then start submitting that to the different agencies. But uh, one of the things you need to do in Lightroom is you can't not attach keywords to your pictures. That's one of those things you got to get used to with these with these places, these agencies. Is the only way that people are going to find your pictures is that you have to keyword them. Uh -huh. and before, that, before, before you send them in. Yeah, before you send them in is a good time. But generally, also, when you send them in, they – I haven't seen the interfaces lately, but a lot of them say, you know, enter the keywords that you have. So some of them might read the metadata from the pictures. And then, uh -huh. and then populate their keyword thing. Or you might actually sit there and have to type it in, which is a real pain in the butt. Yeah. I, I, can you I, copy and paste? <laughs> yeah, you can copy and paste. But, you know, again, if you're doing it, if you want to submit 100 pictures, yeah, you know, and you got to cut and paste 100 times, uh, it's a real pain. So it is kind of a job to do. It's like you have to sit there and devote some time to submitting your, getting your pictures ready for submission. You know, you also have to make sure they're of a certain size. E each one of these agencies will give you a, you know, criteria for like the f the file size that they want, and you know, certain restrictions about ISO. Um, although I think that's kind of, you know, stupid. I think people buy pictures of all sorts of, you know, looks. So if it's a high ISO picture, if it's a little grainy, if it works with the picture, then yeah, I think it's marketable. So, and so many of the sales these days are not for. Uh, like billboards and stuff like that. So you're know, having a slightly noisy picture, but it's going to go on a web page, you know, big deal. Yeah. Right. You know? Oh, so, you know, a lot of these places will uh, also take iPhone pictures or pictures from your, uh, your camera phone. Yeah. I was wondering when, when, cause you said something that sounded sort of disparaging about the iPhone, but I thought, well, the iPhone takes some great pictures. Yeah. I, only in the sense that there's a, you know, the iPhone, a lot of camera phones do this. They do. They can take crappy pictures. I mean, most people are taking selfies or, you know, low light stuff, and the and the camera has you know shaken. So I think the vast majority of, you know, phone pictures are not necessarily worthy of uh, being sold. But that yeah. doesn't mean you can't take a sellable picture with a with an iPhone camera or a, you know an Android camera. The the cameras yeah. are certainly capable of that as long as that's what you're if you're planning to do that. So you're aware of the, the limitations of those cameras. But you know, like my new iPhone, you know, the, I have the 6S. It uh -huh. takes 12 megapixel files. I mean, those are, when you open that up in Photoshop, that's uh, the 36, 37 megabyte file, which ends up being, 
I don't know if I did the math and off the top of my head, but it's like an eight by 10 at 300 DPI. I mean, that's, you know, if most sales are being made on the internet, you know, for web pages and stuff like that, that's certainly more than enough. I mean, you could print a magazine cover from an iPhone camera. Uh-huh. So, you know, as long as it's planned out, you know, if you're taking a good shot with it, it's fine. I've seen, a, there's a lot of great photography that comes from iPhones, but there's a lot of, yeah. there's a lot more crappy photography. Yeah. You know, you, you know that. when, when you, um, submit stuff to these stock agencies, do you tend to, is there generally a type of file that, um, you're using most of the time or does it vary depending on the company? Yeah. Most of the places they're going to want JPEGs because they are hosting the files. So they want fast transfer files. So you need to yeah. high quality JPEGs. I don't know in, for those people who are, um, working in Photoshop and Lightroom, you have the ability to change the, uh, the quality settings of the JPEGs that you make. If you're, if you're doing it from those programs and you always want to have the highest quality, but you know, for those people who are shooting JPEGs and raw out of their camera, like for instance, with my Fuji camera, I don't hesitate at all to send them a JPEG directly from my camera because uh-huh. the, the, the JPEG quality from those cameras are fantastic. Uh-huh. So I would have no, problem with sending those shots um especially if the shot is you know a finished picture i don't have to go through in fact the less amount of work i have to do on these pictures the better because yeah you know if you're talking about volume you want to spend the least amount of time messing around them so you know making the best possible exposure and if you can do it right from your camera that's almost akin to the old days when we were shooting film because when we shot film we were mostly doing slides transparencies and that's all you had so you shot and you developed it and you had a transparency and then you took that transparency to the stock agency and they looked at it and they st- stuck it in their files. That's kind of the best world that you can have today. doesn't mean you shouldn't do stuff in Photoshop, you know, as long as your, your, your quality is good. But, you know, if you're dealing with volumes of stuff, if you can do, this is where we talk about, like, if you can get the best possible picture out of your camera, uh-huh. you know, going back to our switch to manual, sometimes you might have to go into manual mode <laughs> to get the best quality picture. But uh-huh. if you can do that, and and take those JPEGs straight from the camera and send them to the agency, you know, after doing your, um, you know, keywording and stuff like that, that, that would, that would be a nice workflow. Totally. Think, you know, let me ask you this. I, I think when you were setting me up in Lightroom and, and kind of advising me on workflow stuff, I think we had like a default setting on, on the copyright that goes into the metadata. Right. Right. Is yeah. That, is that an issue when you when you submit to stock agencies? Not not necessarily. I mean, it's a good habit to get into, right? So every time when you import pictures into Lightroom, what Tom's saying is that you can set up metadata to get embedded into your shots automatically as you're importing them. Um, by the way, some cameras let you do that too from the camera. You can actually put some metadata like your name in the in the files. Um, when it goes to a stock agency, it kind of doesn't matter really uh-huh. um i'm not sure when they send a file to the client or the client downloads a file i should say that whether or not that data is stripped out it might be uh-huh. stripped out I, uh-huh. I, I don't know i don't buy stuff from stock agencies so I, i've never seen the file yeah it's a good habit to get into i wouldn't say don't not do it right uh-huh. it's you should always have that metadata like your name and your contact information at least and maybe not your address some of us put our addresses in it. Um, but you know your your email information because someone if that metadata isn't stripped out then those pictures can always be found by looking you know someone who knows how to look at the metadata can look at it and find out information about it 
I don't think the stock agencies strip that out. Some of them do. Like if you actually upload a picture to Facebook, you know, it uh-huh. strips out the metadata. I didn't know that. Yeah. So if you wanted to download one of your pictures from Facebook or someone else downloads it from Facebook, there's no metadata on it because meta- it's stripped out. So if someone uh-huh. tries to buy one of your pictures or wants to print it from Facebook, it's it's a fail because there's no information there. So, uh-huh. Huh. Yeah, it it depends on the agency, but I'm pretty sure they 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 embed some information on there. But yeah, so you got these pictures, and now I want to talk to you about, like you were saying, you got a picture of a person. Let's say you got this great shot of a person in Cuba, right, standing in front of one of those old cars, old Chevrolet Bel Airs, which they have, right? Yeah. So you want to sell that picture, right? Uh huh. Did you get a model release? No. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. Uh, for those of people who don't know this, you cannot use a picture of a person in an advertisement without getting their permission. So there are these things called model releases. Basically, it's allowing the model to give you permission to do whatever you want with the picture. So often you do this, right? And you say, hey, to this person, I want to take your picture. And they're like, fine. And I'm like, I will give you, you know, 10 bucks or a buck if you sign this model release and they're like, cool. And they read it and they're like, all right, I don't care what you do with the picture. And they sign it. And now you've got their permission to do whatever you want with the picture, which means uh-huh. then you can submit it to the stock agencies for uh-huh. use. So, and are you making judgment calls sometimes? Like, you know, there's people in the picture, but they're not necessarily recognizable or they're kind of far away and they're not the subject or, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, that's where the editors come into play. So, you can look at the picture, but another set of eyes might look at it and say, well, that person is recognizable. If they saw this picture, they would know it's them in the background. So do you have a model release for them? There's certain yeah. criteria. Um, yeah. yeah, not every picture of a person has to have a release. If you see the backs of, you know, 150 heads, like, and you don't see any faces and none of the people are recognizable, nor could they use the criteria, like, I could recognize myself then you're probably okay with a picture without a, right. with a model, a model yeah. release. And then how practical is it for you to get a model release of a crowd of, you know, hundred? Well, that's people? what I'm thinking. Yeah. yeah. There's a certain point where it, it, it doesn't become necessary, but it's a le- that's a legal thing. And yeah. I don't have enough experience to do that. Uh, get into that. I tend to want to err on the side of caution because if sure. that one yeah. person recognizes their hairstyle that they had that one day at that concert and they're able to prove it and you don't have a model release for them, you know, they can come after you. Now, the chances of that happening are probably pretty slim, right? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. But yeah. if there's any, if there's any idea that someone is recognizable by, you know, what they can see and say that that's me and they can prove it, that's the kind of thing that you would want to release for. So, but there's not just only model releases, you know, for, if you're shooting a child, you need to have the parents permission, right? Uh-huh. So there's a model release for, for a child. So the parent has to sign it. There's property releases. So if you're shooting someone's house or their boat or their airplane, and there's identifiable names on the boat or there's numbers on the plane that could tie back to the person, you need a property release, meaning that they, I own this. And I'm giving you permission to use it. But none of that means that you can use like a brand name in your file. So if you got this guy who's standing in front of his Dodge Ram truck and you can see the Dodge Ram on the side of the truck, 
and he gives you permission to shoot the truck and he gives you a model release, you can't use that picture because it's got Dodge Ram all over it. And that's uh-huh. a trademark. Uh-huh. So those kind of things can't be released. Uh-huh. So every time you look at stock photography, you see that the photographers have done very clever ways of shooting things with logos on them. Uh-huh. Um, you know, everything's got a logo on it, by the way. I mean, you know, you want to do a shot of someone jogging, right? And they're wearing Nike shoes. If you can see that little Nike swatch, swatch slash, uh-huh. that's a trademark. You can't use that picture. Then it gets rejected. Right? Uh-huh. Anything, uh-huh. any little thing that, that ties back to a, another organization or a company cannot uh-huh. be used in advertising. Because basically what happens if, you know, Adidas loves that shot of, I mean, this is ridiculous, but they love that shot of that jogger and, he, you know, they didn't look at the picture closely enough and they print it. And on billboard, and he's carrying a little, you know, hip sack that's got a Nike slash on it, right? Uh, right, <laughs> right. Be, Nike Adidas, yeah, yeah, and it's embarrassing. So, yeah. Okay, so, let me let's let's get away from, um, you know, kind of corporate logos and say, like, so obviously, conversely, say a shot of a beach somewhere where it's just kind of like pure nature there's no skyline there's nothing identifiable could be anywhere then those kinds of concerns go out the window you don't have to worry about it exactly yeah okay uh-huh. yeah those i mean those have those kind of shots i mean of course everybody shoots them right <laughs> right right everybody goes to the beach and you know there's a vast quantity of those kind of images to compete with that being said uh, a shot like that of a palm tree and a, you know, a nice sandy beach and, you know, it's possible to be used for a vacation shot. Uh-huh. That's, you know, the best of all worlds too. I mean, it also has value of, of wherever it is. So say I went to Jamaica, which I did. I didn't shoot any stock when I was there. At least not that I remember. <laughs> uh-huh. I gotta look back at my picture. I might actually have some I can submit. But, but in the key words, you'd put Jamaica and somebody uh, searching for Jamaica might come up. Come I, certainly, I certainly would. Yeah. One of the, uh, you know, one of the, one of the drawbacks we had when we were doing film was that you only had so many physical pictures that you could have in the files. So uh, if I had this shot, if I was filing this picture of Jamaica, right, it's a beautiful beach scene, right? It looks generic. Let's, I call it generic, but like generic it could be any tropical beach, right? So it serves uh, that purpose. But it's the place. It's Jamaica. What file do I put it in? Do I put it in the Jamaica file or do I put it in the, you know, the tropical beach 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 file? Right. Uh Right. And and with a piece of film, I could only do one. I can only put it Uh in one place. Now with keywords, that same picture can go to both places. Someone Uh who's searching for a tropical beach that's generic would find that picture. If they're looking for Jamaica, they'd find that picture. So, yeah, keywording is important here. The more Uh keywords you have something like that, then the, the picture has more value. So yeah, going back to the genericness of the shot. Yeah. It's, it's great that it's, you know, there's no hotels there, you know, there's no defining things. So it can be used for anybody who wants to describe a nice tropical beach. But if someone wanted to use it for Jamaica, you know, they know that that picture was shot there because right. it says it in the metadata and that becomes valuable for them as well. So uh-huh. Yeah, generic things. When you start looking through the files, start doing that. Go through these agencies and look at the the files. You'll see the the lengths that photographers have gone through to 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 make things generic. 
uh-huh. <laughs> it's really it's really funny like putting you know laptops you know everybody shoots a laptop and they have an apple logo on the back you can't use that so people put uh-huh. little stickers on it and stuff like that yeah right. you gotta be you gotta pay attention to a lot of stuff yeah. it's okay. it's you know as you're going through your files tom you know you know, consider this stuff. Like, think about if someone was going to buy this picture, what would they want? If, uh, is the person recognizable? Do they need a model release? They, you know, if they don't have a model release, then forget it. The only time, actually, you know what? The only time a model release doesn't really kick in is if the picture is going to be sold editorially. And so your question is, what is an editorial picture? <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So an editorial picture is something that is, is, basically not a picture is not being used to endorse a product or being able to sell something. It's, it's to tell a story. So something that you might see in a newspaper that's illustrating, you know, some concept. So, you know, uh, a picture of, oh gosh. Oh, so maybe this Cuban person, this is this picture that you have of the Cuban person standing in front of their old car, right? Uh-huh. You don't have a model release for that. So it can't be used to, endorse any products but if someone was doing a story about cuba and old cars that picture could be used without the model release i see uh-huh. right does it make right. sense because the person is yeah. not endorsing anything they're used to illustrate the story of the old cars in cuba so you could still submit that but when they ask is there a model release yes or no you say no and so for some commercial uses it would be rejected, but for editorial use, somebody might say, hey, I like this shot. doesn't matter if there's a model release. Right, exactly. And then uh-huh. it wouldn't break any laws. You know, right. people are, are not endorsing a product. So, you know, uh, of course, if that, if that picture is being used to illustrate serial killers in Cuba, even though it's a story about, let's say it's a story about serial killers in Cuba. I don't know how I got to this. Well, something that somebody would want to sue you for. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Something that's crazy. Even though it's an editorial story, that person sees it and says, I'm not a serial killer. And you're putting my picture next to a story that's about serial killers. So that Uh could be a problem. That's not something that you can control as the person who's submitting the pictures. But hopefully that's the agency is saying, you know, at some point you can't use that picture for that. So. You know, that's why it's good to make sure you have an agency or some places to submit your pictures that's going to that's gonna sort of watch out for you and how, they're, how their clients are buying the pictures. That's uh, kind of an extreme crazy thing. That's probably not going to happen because um, that right, would get the person, right, that would get the right, magazine. It would be an article on like, you know, um, domestic violence. And if you just have a picture of a few guys standing around a car, then, you know, same situation. But yeah, so that's, that's a good point. Okay. Here's another question that I, I would imagine people would want to know. How do you decide uh, the price or is it set by the agency or do you have that flexibility to choose your own pricing system? So there's a couple of answers to that. Uh, Generally, with the agency you go to, they set the price. And the the basic way they're setting the price is how it's going to be used, how the picture will be used and how big it's going to be used. So the how how it's going to be used encompasses a lot of things. Like, is it going to be in a print magazine? Is it going to be on a website? Is it going to be a billboard? So here's a couple of things. So like if it's going to be in a print magazine, let's say, what's the print run? You know, if it's in Time Magazine, Time Magazine has a huge print run. So that pri- that takes into account the, the price. price. Yeah, yeah that uh-huh. changes the price. If it's a billboard, 
you know, it's a giant picture, but it's going to be used once. And where is that billboard going to be seen? Well, you know, on a, on a Cleveland highway. Well, how many people are driving around there? So the, the, the yeah, price is all versus Times Square. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. where I want mine to be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, I was curious. Like, I don't know if like that would be take, I don't know how they would take that into account. That's interesting. When, when we're, people were making sales, we used to have salespeople, right? So client would call up and say, I need a picture that goes up in a billboard in Times Square. And they're thinking the salesperson says, well, this can be seen by a lot of people. So they, they would charge a certain amount of money. Nowadays, the prices are generated by, you know, like drop down menus in these sites. Um, so I don't know how they would figure that out. You know, cause certainly uh -huh. there's going to be more eyes on target in Times Square than they are going to be in, you know, on a, yeah. a highway in Cleveland with all due respect right. to Cleveland. Sorry. But, um, <laughs> but <laughs> don't, hear it's really nice. These, don't, don't you set your prices with some of these companies also? Um, like, is that, that well, can be an option? So say the big company like Getty or Shutterstock, they're setting prices. They have a set standard of prices uh -huh. and they do it. But two of the things I want to talk to you about, uh, one is a place called Alamy. Um, I think Alamy will set prices, but let you modify them. I could be wrong okay. here and I haven't checked in a while. Uh -huh. Um, Alamy might, might not be the only place that does that, but I think there's a certain set price and then you can plus and minus. Uh, -huh. uh I could be wrong. And you know, anybody who's listening to this takes it with a grain of salt and check it out yourself. But the other thing I would like to talk to you about is like, if you want to sell your own stock, uh, or your own pictures, um, yeah. one of the services I use, which I'm really, really happy with, and they're not endorsing this program whatsoever. I just worked with them for a long time as photo shelter. Yeah, and, and who knows? Maybe they will endorse the show. Actually, the guy I know at Photo Shelter, his name is Andrew Fingerman, and maybe I'll work on trying to get him on our show. So anyway, uh, Photo Shelter. First of all, Photo Shelter is a great place for you to set up your website, uh, Tom. And I'm thinking. I mean, I know it's a it's a price you got to pay per month. So maybe not yet. Once we start getting some uh, donations, maybe we can. Set up a switch to manual photo shelter site. But photo shelter is a great place to do your own website. And you've got a lot of templates and stuff like that. But one of the things, one of the greatest things they do, they have a nice back end for you to set up your own stock agency. So huh. if you want to sell pictures from your own site, you can sell them there. And and they do all the fulfillment. Now you pay a monthly fee to be with part of Photo Shelter, but you know, you could set up, you know, a five thousand image stock library there and set your own prices and, and all the restrictions that you want on there. And they don't, they don't take any cut from that. That is money that you're making yourself. So you can then send your, set your own prices. Huh. If you do that, it would probably be good to set them within the range that everybody else is setting them in. Cause if you set them too high, people are going to like, why do I want to come to you and buy pictures when I can go to Getty and get them for less money. So you probably want to set them within a range. There's, right. there's actually, if you'll notice, you go to the different stock agencies, their basic prices for the usages are going to be pretty much in the ballpark with each other. Uh huh. You know, so you, you kind of want to be in that, in that range as well. But if you're doing things like prints and whatnot, you can set whatever prices you want at photo shelter. And I'm sure there's other sites that do that. I just, I'm with photo shelter, so I can speak from experience. Uh -huh. Those guys have a really, really nice back end system. It's also a nice thing. If you want to sell prints to clients and stuff like that, you can do that. And uh, I'll talk to, at the end of the show, I have a, an idea, which I'll, bounce off of you and the right. audience. I think we might be nearing the end here, buddy. No, we're not, we're not quite done yet. <laughs> what else I want to say? So, okay, we're, we're picking an agency. We're 
making sure that our pictures are keyworded and can be found. You want to spend some resolution. Yeah, higher enough resolution. Again, like I said, there a lot of these places are now taking phone camera pictures as well. So um, as long as the picture is good, they'll they'll consider it. So we're get we're, I'm going down the list here, doing all this stuff. Uh, the one thing we need here is patience, <laughs> right? So I don't want anybody going out there thinking, well, you know, I could start submitting pictures and I'll start making, I'll start getting checks in the mail. Uh-uh, it's not going to happen right away. Uh-huh. Yeah. If you want to do it, start now and then just keep adding and adding and adding and, and expect, don't expect, but, you know. Hope. Huh? Hope. Hope, Yes. Well, well, you know, there's ways of skewing your photography. It's something I can get into, and maybe we can do another show about this a little bit later. But I came into the photography world. I mean, I've always been a photographer, but my commercial photography was stock, right? I worked at the stock agency, so I'm looking at pictures. And this is actually good advice, too, for everybody. I'm looking at pictures, and I'm looking. I'm like, I can do shots like that. Now, it wasn't copying, but it's like, you know, the concepts, the ideas. Yeah, you know, there's like general ideas that that wow, I can do that, and my brain got into into a mode. Not my brain, my being got into a mode where I started looking at the world and like, how can I make that picture that I want to take marketable, right? Uh-huh. So yeah. if I'm going to take a shot of a person, you know, I'm making sure I take verticals because I might want to go into a cover of a magazine. You know, my brain was thinking commercial, and it's really taking me a long time to get out of that. Yeah, I can see how that could be confining. It can be confining. And if if you're thinking about your pictures only in a commercial sense, now I'm not saying that's a bad thing. If you want to get into stock photography, you know, it might be helpful yeah. to think in commercial terms all the time. But for me, when I wanted to get out of it, all I mean, all I could do was see stock photos. It was right. so hard to not see stock photos and everything. And I think my street photography that I'm doing now is uh-huh. is a um is a way of clearing out the system. Yeah, totally. Yeah. You're just outside the commercial box, just shooting real life and people and not doing what would necessarily still sell commercially. Exactly. I mean, you think about it, the pictures that I'm taking, I, I can't sell them. I don't have releases on them. Right. Um, yeah. Well, you might want to start carrying some around. Dude. Uh, well, yeah, if I actually, you know what, if I want to use, if I want to make a book and everybody's telling me I should make a book and I will at some point, but if I do want to make a book, the pictures that go inside the book don't need a release. Interesting. Right? The picture yeah. that goes on the cover needs a release. Uh-huh. Why is that? Because the cover is selling the book. The cover is using to is kind of an endorsement of what's inside. Uh-huh. So anything that goes inside the book or in a in an art gallery don't need releases whatsoever. You're you're good to go. But anyway, that's a little bit of knowledge, a uh, little tip yeah. there for me. But that was part of the I don't say problem. I'm not going to call it a problem. It was just the way my brain worked. I got into shooting stock. My brain started seeing stock pictures and I'm not, I'm sort of cleaning, I'm paying for it now. It's a nice way though. I mean, I'm really happy to be able to shoot stuff now that I'm not worried about commercialism at all. And it's giving me a freedom. But anyway, that's just something to be aware of. And yeah, put a lot of pictures in, basically make it a job. Like, so sit there for like, you know, I, I'd recommend to you, Tom, if you got shots. I know you've got a huge library of stuff because you just shoot tons of stuff. And now where you are, you could probably start doing some stock work nicely out yeah. in the uh, desert. But, you know, spend like an hour uploading shots 
to some agency or creating your own, you know, stock agency. You know, the trick about doing it yourself is, of course, who knows how to come to you, right? I mean, it's, you know, marketing is something. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of like the idea of getting in with an agency and having the keyword search kind of, you know, like lead people to my stuff. Yeah, because that's where people are going to go look for pictures. Yeah. I wouldn't say not do it on your own site because people might, you know, you might make one-off sales to you know, people that you meet or who are referred to you. So it's not a bad thing to have there as well. Um, by the way, this just reminded me, I've made sales from Flickr. Huh. I've yeah, also told me that. Yeah. yeah. I just made a sale. Actually, this one guy, and I'll post the, the, his quote on our site someplace. He, he wrote back to me the nicest thing. And it just it opened up my heart after he wrote these words. Was, he's, he's collecting my Brooklyn Botanic Garden pictures. He's already bought two or three from me. Uh-huh. And then he just it just popped up uh, in an email, and he said, I saw you had this picture, and he found it on Flickr. And I made a print sale from Flickr. So, uh, Yeah, you, know, you never know. Yeah. Well, and the only way he found it was, you know, it's keyworded, of course. And I have something else I can't talk about, <laughs> which I, I hate to be mysterious here. I, I can't no, talk okay about, but there it, are legalities as we have been discussing. Yeah, but there are commercial values to putting up your pictures on a site like Flickr. Even 500 pixels, you can make sales from. I'm not a huge fan of 500 pixels, but if they're making sales from me, actually, I did make a sale from 500 pixels. Now that I'm thinking about it, uh, and yeah. I didn't have to do anything. You know, the, I set it up so that it would be a commercial picture, and it was one of my. It was actually a photograph I took in Puerto Rico. Uh, and someone bought it to make a print from it. So you don't so necessarily... They're, they're buying the JPEG? They're buying the JPEG, or they're going through a print fulfillment service through them. I can't remember how it sets up, but you might not want to go to the stock agencies. You might want to start, you know, setting up stuff on, you know, 500 pixels. 500 pixels actually has a place where you can, you know, check mark and say, I want this picture to be, you know, be able to be considered for stock uh-huh. or, or sales, I should say. So you might look into that because those places, you know, pull in a different audience as well. So if you're looking for more, you know, art decor kind of, you know, sales, like you think your pictures would do well on people's walls, uh-huh. you might want to skip Getty because Getty may not, Getty is probably not the best place for that. Although they probably have pictures like that, but it may not be the best place. Someone might be looking for new stuff and they might look at 500 pixels or some of these new, you know, picture sharing websites. Uh uh-huh. So just in general, like art, marketable kind of artistic shots, 500 pixels might be the place to go. That would, I would try them first okay. as well. I certainly will. You know, I say Flickr. Flickr doesn't really have a built-in sales system, but people do look for pictures on Flickr. And I'm in the process of working with somebody who found my picture on Flickr and I might make some money from it. So, uh-huh. and then yeah. this this gentleman who bought my prints from the Brooklyn Botanic Garden found them on Flickr. You know, the idea is like you can have a lot of pictures out there, and, yeah. And you know, someone might find it on Flickr and you say, "Hey, if you want to buy it, you can come to my website, or I've got it on Getty, and you can buy it there." You know, so I think that I think that's a really good idea. And if you you know it it again, like I was saying, if your pictures are just sitting on your hard drive, they're not doing anybody any good. And if you're really against selling your pictures, that's fine. That's a philosophical thing. But, uh-huh. you know, yeah, no, I'm, I'm willing to. Yeah. So <laughs> we, we need to have a little 
together time, you and me, and 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 help you figure out how to do that. But uh, oh man, yeah. Well, yeah. I think you've given me some good ideas here. Yeah, I, I'm really happy that you brought that up for this episode because it's something that we we definitely haven't talked about. And I think uh-huh. there's probably I think you're right. There's a lot of people out there who might want to start thinking about this stuff, and especially people who are in our audience. You know. Yeah, you know, your pictures can have value to somebody. And so why not, you know? Yeah, yeah. And if anybody is listening and you've had good experiences on a particular site, um, how where could people leave comments, you know, if we want to, like, continue this conversation? Well, generally on our page where we put the, um, on our website, there's a comment section on the bottom huh. of our show notes page. So, yeah, let's let's continue the conversation there. So, great. I think, and you know what? Can we just lead into the photo quote? Because yeah, well, I just talked about my my um my stock brain, yeah, you know, and how I'm sort of still cleaning out my by shooting uh, street photography. Yeah, the quote yeah. that I found that I think we can just let's talk about a little bit because I know we're kind of a long show here, but you know it's been a while. We're catching up. <laughs> All right, this ties that, in really nicely. Quote in, yeah, it's perfect. Yeah, so. I found this quote from Brasai, and for anybody who doesn't know Brasai, just do a search for B-R-A-S-S-A-I, a fantastic photographer from, you know, old school. And this quote I have kept for a long time, and he said, quote, to keep from going stale, you must forget your professional outlook and rediscover the virginal eye of the amateur, unquote. And I thought it just gives me goosebumps now as I'm saying this because that, that is so much what I'm in the process of doing. And no, I'm taking it literally, you know, yeah, I'm forgetting my professional outlook and rediscovering the virginal eye of the amateur. The best, the best photography that I'm experiencing now is to try to recapture what it was like when I didn't have to think about making money in photography. Right. There's there's a certain amount of freedom to that. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a real affirmation of people at all levels, especially people who are beginning and just getting really passionate and enthusiastic, you know, that it's a great gift to be at the beginning of the learning curve where you're just purely seeing the world and trying to capture it. Yeah. And the two words that are obviously important in there are professional and amateur. And that doesn't mean that one's better than the other. Professional just means that you're making, you're living at it. An amateur is someone who just does it. I mean, I think amateur actually means someone who just does it for the love of it, you know? Yeah. I mean, I've come across quote unquote amateurs who I think are better or more dedicated or work harder than some professionals <laughs> that I know. Yeah, totally. Yeah. You know? I mean, that's, that's especially in this day and age when there's so many people really passionate about photography. Yeah. And, and this idea of like going stale, like to keep from going stale, you must forget this professional outlook, I, I think is just, it's words of gold. You know, we can all decide to sort of give up this idea of having to have a purpose for our photography and just live for taking the picture. And, and from that will sprout, you know, um, something beautiful. Yeah, something something real. Yeah. And and you know the you know the plus to that maybe is that someone might actually appreciate it and 
and decide to buy it from you. In which <laughs> case you've turned professional. But yeah, you come full circle. You right. come full circle, but you know, it really ties nicely into what we were talking about. You know, this idea of going out if you want to shoot stock or you want to make, you know, fine art decor prints, don't really go out with the idea of producing that. Try to try to loosen up. Because what you'll end up doing is you'll end up copying people. And, you know, someone's going to go to the website and they see 1,500 pictures of this beach in Jamaica, and who really cares? But if you turn around and you look, you know, in the other direction and you see something that's unique because you weren't thinking, you were thinking like an amateur, you were thinking without profession, that might be the picture that someone wants because it's a, a unique view. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, that's something that we continually return to. It's a touchstone just because I think if you're really passionately alive as a photographer, then ultimately you're doing something unique. And that is what's going to make your work distinctive, whether it's for selling it or for somebody to discover it in a hundred years and say, wow, look at this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I thought that was, it was a nice fitting quote and yeah, perfect. I, I would recommend anybody some new people who may not know some of the old masters go and seek out precise work and just uh you know if you just google it and you look at the images section um it's it's his work is just moving and you can see the emotions for it and, and the picture i picked for this quote is a self i think it's a self-portrait of him he's got his fingers wrapped around his eye like he's using it as a lens it's a great shot i'll include it in the in the show notes but Nice. It very much fits. It, and it, and from this shot, it kind of he kind of looks like Picasso a little bit. Cool. You, you can't see the bottom of his face, and it just like if you to me, I look at it quickly and I'm like, I think Picasso. And then Picasso was always about trying to recapture his uh, child while he's while he was painting. Mm, yeah. So, you know, try to try to do that the same way with the photography and see where see what happens. So, boy, we did an hour. Yeah. It's been I just have to say on Picasso, you know, his dad was an art instructor. And, and when Picasso was a young child, um, his dad saw his talent so powerfully, he just laid down his paint and said, no more. <laughs> I quit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, on, cool, on that note, I lay down our microphones. But, yeah, it, we have a while since we had a good talk and so yeah we went a little we went an hour i don't think anybody minds all right yeah i know we, we try to keep it shorter but like my interview with with jim was about an hour my interview with keith was about an hour i haven't had any complaints yet so i think i think we had a lot of information that's good yeah and, it was a good one yeah and uh stuff. yeah let's you know we'll follow up a little bit on this this was sort of like a big let's get it all out you know and maybe we'll do a little follow-ups here and there that won't last as long so Anyway, Tom, it was nice talking to you. Yeah. Yeah. So, Likewise. uh, huh? Likewise. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, folks, thanks for tuning in to our 41st episode. Uh, we're on our way to, like I said, to 50 and we'll have a big bash. And, uh, so you can find us generally on the internet at our website, switch to manual.com from there. We have lots of little links and blogs and stuff that you can check out. We would like you to go there and, you know, click around. We're on Twitter at switch the number two manual. So switch to manual. 
And you know, while you're at it, follow me at AM Rosario, so A-M-R-O-S-A-R-I-O, and follow Tom at Witness Photog, W-I-T-N-E-S-S-P-H-O-T-O-G. Give us some follows on Twitter. We, we, we mostly post on Switch to Manual, but I post a lot on AM Rosario as well, so check us out. We're also on Facebook. Just do a search for Switch to Manual. And, Tom, I added a Flipboard magazine. I don't know if people know about this, but it's a great service that it really looks good on your iPad, but it's on the web as well. And I have a Flipboard magazine de- devoted just to articles that I'm pulling out for our Switch to Manual audience. So it's actually on my Flipboard account because I don't think we can start one up as Switch to Manual. So I've got one on ours called Switch to Manual. So go to flipboard.com slash at symbol AM Rosario, and you'll see the uh, Switch to Manual Flipboard magazine and subscribe to it. We uh, I post uh, lots of articles that I think fit our audience. So it's, it's just a great article sharing service. And cool. Yeah. And if you... Uh, Please, if you listen to us on iTunes, we beg of you to give us reviews on iTunes. That will make us more popular and bring our ratings up in iTunes, and we'll maybe get a bigger audience and have a lot of fun that way. And like I said from what we said at the beginning, if you do like what we're doing, you know you could help support the show by donating via the PayPal button, both on our show page and our Podbean page. We'd really appreciate it. And another way, like we said, to support the show is to let us review your portfolios. So. You can go to our website and click on the portfolio reviews and check us out there. We, uh, we do those ourselves and that would also support the show. And Tom, we just, last thing, we're yeah. thinking of starting, right? Um, a place on our Switch to Manual site where you can actually buy our prints, right? Yeah. Yeah. So we haven't set that up it's, yet. It's topic. Yeah. So that's another way that you'll be able to support the show is by, uh, checking out our photography our fine artwork that we'll be putting up there if you want to buy some of our street shots some of the new landscapes that uh, i'm sure tom will be doing in arizona and anything else that we have maybe that shot of the guy in cuba that's yeah. a made-up picture i don't i don't even know what you have in cuba <laughs> well actually i i stumbled upon two dancers from the cuban national ballet and we just had fun um it was yeah, it was it was crazy. Um, they were just on their day off. All right, so maybe and, we'll, we'll have those yeah. available. So. Yeah, cool. All right, I think that's it. That's a wrap. So yeah. everybody, thanks for tuning in, and uh, we'll see you later. Adios. <laughs>